Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Curry driving again. Oh, Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to Warriors Plus Minus. The crew is back. We have a couple of uh, explosive preseason games to talk about. Uh, a pending season return. And also, Dodgers baseball. No. <laughs> oh, man. TK, you should have been there last night. Steve Kerr was so happy walking to the podium. And, and Otto Slater Porter was it? Otto Porter it wasn't because wasn't. of it. Otto Porter, yeah. He was- He's from St. Louis. Bet you David Lee wasn't uh, wasn't happy about either. Not saying like this guy. So yeah, it was a, it was a rough night for Otto Porter, but it was a great night for Steve Kerr, whose Dodgers win in walk off fashion, and also his backups uh, hold off the Denver Nuggets for a pivotal preseason game. She owns Kyle I might not have been watching in the fourth quarter. I'm going to put it that way, or even went back over my DVR of the fourth quarter. I might have skipped that. Tim trusted Chris Chioza so much to, to hold that take lead. It home. That he didn't take need it to home, watch. Chris. Win, win, win that. Once he came in, it was over. Game, Chris it was like, yeah, this is this game is done. Chris Chioza drew a three shot foul and then iced it with three at the free throw line. For anyone, who I did didn't see the finish. reference to, uh, to clutch free throws. I didn't know who it was, and I actually did not care. But now, now I know. Now we know. So, uh, but I watched some of that game. And I watched some care, of that game, baby. and I think there's some interesting things going on. One thing you saw for sure was Jordan, Jordan Poole. Poole. Marcus has made him into something. Marcus, you you you, you spoke it and writ, wrote it into existence. This guy's good, and you're just seeing it, right? I mean, Draymond's like doing that dribble weave in order to get Jordan Poole shots. He does not do that to very for many many players. You know, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson would have been the two. I guess Kevin Durant would be the third. For Jordan Poole to be on that list, for for him to be a guy where Draymond and Steph are like, yeah, go shoot, shoot the ball, please. That is a very interesting and very important development for this team. We've known this, right? I mean, not 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 maybe this, but just what happened at the end of last season. And if you talk to anyone, like this just, I mean, Marcus, we've talked about it plenty, but this just isn't really a surprise to anybody behind the scenes. It's just playing out, right? I mean, the things that we heard them say and that we could project – it's now on the basketball court, you know, in an NBA arena. And, you know, what happens when, you know, again, the rotation is the whatever. It's, it's preseason. But Steph comes out, guess who comes in? Jordan Poole. Because he's going to he's gonna play with Steph, and then he's going to come out, and then he's going to lead that second unit. I think it's pretty clear. I don't think there's a question about it. He can get his own shot now. Lefty. Marcus, did you know when you were you were blowing him up, did you know he had that lefty stuff? Oh, come uh, on. I knew that. That is huge. That he can finish at the rim, you know, and have the three point shot and 
a little bit of the, of the, of the mid-range. Three-level scoring, baby. Three-level yeah, score. Is, yeah, this is a guy who is exactly what they need. I mean, they're talking about offense, offense. Clearly, they needed to, to revamp their offense. Clearly, they need other options. Uh, and they believed in him after the 15-5 and finish. And I think we all had that sense, too. Maybe some of us more than others. But we're seeing it now. You know, things are happening on the basketball court in front of a paying audience and many observers, maybe some not in the fourth quarter. And it is happening. That's that's a major, major thing that the Warriors can plug right in and say, okay, now we need to fix other things, not that thing. Uh, and that was a huge problem last season. I thought the pivotal part, Slater, was how pool was like running the show like he was the point guard he was the distributor he's creating breaking down dudes off the dribble he was leading that team and obviously it didn't have like you know clay thompson or i don't even think andrew wiggins was out there but it was clear that the second unit was his and he has to switch from this role of finisher while he's on the court with steph to creator and, and get to the rim and break people down and fine players uh i thought that was a pretty he was in control of the game in that in that quarter that's a significant development because it shows number one steve kerr's comfortable with him doing that role but also he looks a little bit better at doing it well the an interesting thing happened with him when he came back from the bubble last year obviously he was hot in the bubble they the, the g league team gave him all the freedom he wanted they told him go out there kind of explore everything you can do offensively but he gets back from the bubble and he's in a smaller rotational spot and and i mean this is just a pivotal point in his early career because i mean there was there was times where you didn't know you know would he go by the way of eric pascal which is in the franchise and out of the franchise quickly early in that post all-star break time when he was being tested in the rotation chris demarco who's kind of the assistant that deals with, with jordan Poole most steve kerr shouted him out last night they wanted jordan Poole to Make the smart pass. Don't chuck every time you touch the ball. Like, make sure you're making the smart defensive rotations. Like, tag the roller. Like, that mattered so much more than just like, hey, Jordan Poole, score 20 tonight. Like, they kind of knew he had that in him. But he was, like, a little bit tamer. Like, if you go back and watch some of those post-bubble games, post-All-Star break games when he was just kind of emerging onto the scene, he was, like, really kind of passing up shots and like, you know, swinging just to show Steve Kerr that he would. And then like focusing on defense more. And now, you know, over the, the, that stretch of the end of last season, he's earned Steve Kerr's trust enough. Now, like the reins are off. Like as long as he doesn't make defensive mistakes, every possession, as long as he's willing to listen to Steve Kerr say, Hey, look, you can't give up that type of back cut. Steve Kerr's obviously now said, look, you're, starting in clay thompson's place and i mean that's pretty firm now it seems and you know if you want to take three pointers five feet behind the line with 22 on the shot clock even with steph curry on the court i mean he took like three 28 footers within the first four minutes of preseason with steph curry on the court and like steve curry didn't say a thing there's going to be times this year where the, he he may want to throttle him back a little bit but we're seeing jordan Poole unleashed because I think it's a testament to to how he came back and showed Kerr he was willing to do the smaller stuff. Yeah, it's it's the best non-Steph Clay KD score the Warriors have had in this run. I mean, they've been great and they've had a lot of really good players, but this is their best score other than Hall of Famers. And you know, they haven't needed it in other years. They need it now. And you know what? For once, all the stuff about he looks great in summer, he's working out a lot and we we all write it right and we all listen to it. Sometimes it really doesn't work out, and I would say most of the time it doesn't really mean much. 
this time it meant a ton. It meant so But it could, yeah, you mentioned Pascal. It could be the Pascal thing where it goes the other direction where it just doesn't matter what they're saying. This time it mattered. This time they saw it, they were impressed by it, and he's backing it up by what he's doing. And, you know, by all accounts, he's like blowing through practice. Like he is like a dominant factor in practice. Yeah. He's probably been better than Steph Curry in practice. And a lot of that's because Steph Curry's in like, hey, I'm year whatever. Like I'm just easing into the season. And Poole's like, I'm trying to explode right now. But like Poole has been the figure behind the scenes that has like caught everybody's eye. Yeah, I just flash back. It's a little tiny thing. But remember when they picked up his option for this year, last season, uh, last summer, whatever, last, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And like, it was like a debate whether they should, not a debate. You always, like, he's a first former first-round pick. He's not Nemanja Nedovic. But you thought about it. Can you imagine if they didn't do that? <laughs> that would be a problem. That would be a problem. That would be a major problem. Especially after doing the same with Looney, right? Oh <laughs> yeah, man! Can you, you know, imagine exactly. if he was yeah. entering like uh, you yes, know? Yes, he would be a free. He would be a free agent after this season. Yeah, would, Jesus, uh, that would have been a very interesting thing. And they kind of have like almost like a rule behind the scenes, like give give everybody three seasons. So they were always going to pick up that option. But I definitely remember having a debate like on the podcast, like was that a good decision? They didn't with Nedovich, you know. I mean, like, they did I mean, it with Jacob was, Evans. They picked, like, yes. you know, Jacob Evans got <laughs> So, I mean, they ended up trading him before it. Yeah. And, like, you know, yeah. but, but they picked it up. It was a thought. I, I think thought. Looney made them dub- establish that rule. Well, they picked, <laughs> like, up, they picked up year three with Looney. They didn't pick up year four. four yeah. yeah. And then almost, if somebody makes a big offer at Looney, he's not there. You think they're picking up Jordan Poole's fourth? They, they got that decision coming up. You might want to remind them, Slater, that they do have to, they actually do have to do that. But, and this is say, you know what? It's a, it's you can. We've bagged him for Jacob Evans, and we've hit him for some other things. This is a great. Was he twenty five? Whatever he was to you, I mean, it's a great pick at twenty five. This 28. is what you want. Yeah, yeah. twenty eight. This is what you want out of that pick, and it basically it's worth missing on Jacob Evans. Like if you get one of those two, is plays like this, it doesn't matter. It, it, you just need one. And they got one. That would be really good for them if Jacob Evans was halfway a player. Because I just his name came up again because he would have had his uh, ex- rookie extension coming up, but he's no longer on the team. He's no longer in the NBA. It doesn't. He's out. But you want one or two. Like if if you're in picking in the late twenties, you want to go one for two. And they absolutely went one. For you know, two. it was viewed as a reach at the time. Jacob Evans. Yeah. No, I mean, no, 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 sorry, not Evans. Jordan, yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah. There were some other players. He in was there, projected like. What was interesting is he was projected like mid second round and Eric Pascal was projected in the twenty eight range and they ended up getting pool twenty eight, Pascal forty one. And then I mean you guys remember we were sitting there in rookie season, like, man, they really missed on twenty eight, but forty one home run. If you just flip those two picks and say Pascal's at twenty eight and pull at forty one. It's another lesson that that yeah, we probably shouldn't regrade giraffes after like four weeks in the NBA. Although I will say sometimes you can. Sometimes you can. Smiley is thirty nine. Yes, deal of the <laughs> draft. Yeah, that was the <laughs> that was the big move of the draft. Sometimes you can, Jacob Evans. You could, you know, you could like there wasn't a lot he was going to do after his rookie season. You could just feel that it just wasn't. Pascal looked good as a rookie. And then I saw the Dolphin kick, you know, one preseason game into his next season, and I said, nope, no more. You know, you, sometimes you can, but. Jordan Poole had the kind of skills that might, you know, you you understood why they were going to take a longer look at him, and he's absolutely proven it right. I want to switch to another thing, is, and also I, I just said that he's their probably their best, like, non-Hall of Fame scorer during the run. Is Otto Porter their best shooter of the non-Hall of Famer they've ever had? I mean, 
I can't think of someone like let's put pool to the side. He's a he's a different category, but like just as an add-on guy, have they had a shooter like Otto Porter? If we're just talking like Quinn Cook, Quinn really Cook should big shots. shoot it. Yeah, I but, guess so, know. but he couldn't get the shot. Yeah, he no, didn't. No, I mean get he wasn't a six shot, foot yeah. nine wing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, Quinn was a good shooter. I should. Yeah, but Otto Porter is. I mean, he's just that's what he is. He's an NBA forty percent three point shooter. We sure Bealitz is not a better shooter. <laughs> well, we'll see. Caspi, baby. Caspi would have been the other. Yeah, Nick Young. I mean, I, the, those are the options here. Ian Clark. Again, we don't know if he's going to be healthy. Obviously, you have no idea if Otto Porter is going to be healthy. But if that guy just sits in the in the corner, in the left corner, and takes three to four to five three pointers a game and makes two to three to four of them, and can play some defense, Jesus, that's a big difference. They had nothing like that last two seasons. Kent Bazemore was that. what? What do you call it? parking <laughs> parking lot pimping in the corner? What? He shot like 40 Yeah, he was hitting them, though. Yeah, he was hitting For about them. half a season. Yeah, then it kind of slowed down a little bit. Well, the other thing, I mean, you saw it last night. Defenses didn't really fear Kent Bazemore. It was like, all right, Kent, like, beat us. Last night, like, Otto Porter got hot early, and, like, Denver was, like, scrambling at Otto Porter. And then, they, they I mean, you had the funny moment where they leave Curry. Curry hits the no-look three, and then Porter, what do you say post-game? Like, bad idea, buddy. Like you got to stay attached to him, and he, like he will hit the threes when you don't stay attached to him. But also, like like that's why they call it floor spacing. Like defenders will have to take an extra one and a half steps towards him in the corner, and that's huge. You can see he's hunting it, and, and I mean, you know, I think he's probably done that throughout his career. Like he's like base more like two dribbles. I don't know. Maybe okay, it goes up. This guy, he's hunting. He knows the spot where he wants to get. He, you know, he's just a pro. He's he's done it a lot. No idea if he's going to stay healthy. The bet would be that he was going. He's going to miss some games. Former Max player, I believe. Did, did, didn't Brooklyn max him in a restricted free agency, I believe? Somebody did, yes. Yeah, it was Brooklyn. Did, yeah. It was Bro- I, I don't know if it was a full max or not. I yeah. can't remember. It was at least 20-something million. But. Yeah, he's made a lot of money in his career. He's not making it now. He could, you know, again, this could be a one-and-done. I think the Warriors would be happy if it's a one-and-done. If he's so good with them that they can't afford him next season, they're very happy with that. Not only that, that that is a um, welcome mat to the next Otto Porter guy that's like, hey, I'm going to go. You know, I could get the mid-level, but let me go revive myself there. And you see all those shots he gets because he's playing with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. You know, that's exactly what they want. And that shot looks like it's going to go in. It just it, you feel like it's going to go in. And he's six foot eight. You know, like there's so much more ability for him to get those shots off. And he can play some defense. He's he's very lengthy. That guy could you know again if he's your second best player, that's not good. If you if he's your fifth best player, like he could be with the Warriors. This is, you know, and a key part of second unit. We're talking about that second unit. Jordan Poole, Otto Porter, you know, Bielitsa. You know, you, that's better than what they've had. I mean, it's not, maybe it doesn't win games, but it might not lose games like the second unit has done in the last few years. Marcus, anything on, on Otto Porter? That corner three, to me, that's that's just pivotal to their offense. And this ability to have Porter in one corner or Bielitsa in the other or a Dam- Damian Lee in the other, I mean, this is that's just driving lanes. All you gotta do is beat your man. Uh, if you're, you know, Jordan Poole or you know wh- whoever's running running a point at that point, he's worth the price of admission. If he just is a threat from the corner three consistently, like that's what they missed. Bazemore bailed him out for half the season by shooting way above expectation from the corner, but they got like four guys they could put there now, which is 
Interesting. I'm a, I'm Just a think about, about who was take who was taking it up for most of last Oubre. season. Who was Uber was taking a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got Otto Porter taking those or Kelly Uber. Two famous great Washington Wizards players, but uh, one's uh, teammate. Yeah, totally. yeah, that's you Even like Andrew Porter Wiggins taking, so. wasn't that good from no, the corner. He's not. Three. He's not. He's not yeah. that great. He's, he's fine. Okay, no, he's, he, yeah, yeah it's, he's not terrible taking him. But he's not like okay. That thing's he's going not in. dead eye. Like oh, we cannot leave this dude in the corner, and that's. For Steph, what they need. They need somebody to be like, yo, you can't leave this guy. You got to stay glued to him. It's not even just for Steph. It's for Draymond. And I I, I was in Portland, and post-game Draymond walks out of the locker room. And, I, you know, I was just kind of chatting up with him a little bit. And I was just like, you know, man, like, you know, new guys look good tonight. And he, first thing, he was like, Otto Porter shoots the shit out of the ball. <laughs> and you could you could tell that, like, that's just like, you know, when we talk about floor spacing, yes, it's, it's needed to get some of the attention off Steph. But, like, Draymond loves operating with space. And, like, it's I think a lot of these moves were made because what Draymond isn't offensively anymore. So, and, you know, Draymond's actually kind of hitting threes early. I think he has three threes in the first couple preseason games. Shot looking pretty good, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That was been the missing ingredient for you know, ever since Clay. I mean, obviously, you lose Duran and Clay, there's going to be a huge hole, and that's where the hole was. And the statistics, you know, bored out, and they found something with that 15 and five where they kind of faked it and they they played fast and they you know they figured out a way to get Steph a little bit of space without the real threats. Now they're going to play like that and they're going to have some real threats. We'll see if it holds up. We'll see if the defense holds up. I mean, yeah, we'll see if the rebounding holds up. Well, Porter uh, actually, but, I think he had nine rebounds last yeah. night. No, he's he's like a power forward. And I, yeah, he's, he's going to be a power forward on this team. He's so lengthy. You could just see with his shoulders. But they are playing small. They're, they're playing down in every position. That's the way they're going to go. They're going to go for speed. But you can, you know, nerd, you know, there's going to be problems when they play the big centers. They played the a big center, obviously, Jokic yesterday. And, there are issues and that's there. where Draymond's got to make his money, you know. I mean, he had a couple of nice moments on Jokic last night. Jokic got to him a few times. Be elite. Jokic is a problem for him, though. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's yeah. One yeah. No, Jokic is a problem for every. Is a problem. Jokic is a problem yeah. for everybody. Yeah. But Bielitsa had a couple breakdowns on Jokic last night that were just like, that wasn't good. I mean, you're going to, like, you see this tilt. You know, they're hyping the offense preseason. They should be. But, like, you know, they sacrifice defense. And, you know, that's the next step as we talk about Otto Porter reviving his value. It's not just like, hey, Otto Porter, be a standstill three-point shooter. Can Otto Porter be somewhat of a playmaker a bit more off the dribble like he used to be? This guy used to be like a, you know, like 19-point-per-game scorer who could do a bit more than just shoot it but also like is his body in good enough shape and he keeps talking like it's still getting there like obviously he's in better shape than chicago than orlando but like he does not feel like he's where he 100 percent needs to be but if he does like he could be a pretty good like switchable defender but i still like i'm not seeing that yet uh, i mean obviously he has the length and the height but it's just like the lateral speed I still think he's a little bit stiff. Like that's that's. Hey, he dove on the floor. He did. He that. did. <laughs> that looked a little fake hustly, but he actually got the yeah. ball, so I can't really say yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I'll forward. tell you who doesn't have it at all and won't have it is Belly. <laughs> oh no no no! no. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, he's uh, I, I you're gonna have, you, Steve's gonna have to be very careful who he plays uh, Nemanja with. It should be with Draymond, really. I mean, it's a very good front court pairing with those two, but yeah, I know what you're saying. But he, he, if he's not, if he's not hitting a shot, that's it. There's going to be a dunk line, you know, and there was a couple times. So you've seen like guys break through, and there's nobody there, and that's not very Warriors. That's not Ron Adams' defense. But 
You know, Bielitsa is not that guy who's going to be able to take two steps and, and challenge at the rim ever. He's their backup five now, right? I mean, they don't have another one until Wiseman is ready. And if they're playing this style, I don't even know how much Kerr's going to want to play Wiseman to you know get him up to speed. It might take some time. I'm writing about it next week. He he's he wants to play Wiseman in the second unit with Poole. And I think Iguodala is going to be in that lineup too. That's kind of the idea. Bielitsa, I've heard a few people say like Bielitsa in, in certain matchups might be an interesting starter instead of Looney. Like if you're just trying to like explode oh, offensively. Oh, that's not, not Steve on. Kerr saying that. No, that is not I, Steve. I, Kerr I will. I, I, I'm not. I won't reveal who I was going to do. But you're correct. That was not a Steve Kerr moment. But you know, I mean, like. Bielitsa in like the Draymond starting lineups, like not necessarily that he's starting, but just you know you pepper him in the game with Draymond and with the starters. Like you, I mean, you've seen Kerr. I think late in the half yesterday, he might have tested it with it was like a it was a pure shooting lineup. It was Steph Porter was out there. Bielitsa, you know, it was Steph Draymond, and then I think it was Porter Bielitsa and Damian Lee maybe. But it was like you know just spread the floor around what's what's there like. Pick I'll say up. one thing, just watching the up rotations, because everyone knows I love looking at rotations. He's playing Avery Bradley a lot with Steph. And I think we can see, like, that's the guy. If they're, you know, they need someone to play some defense and keep Steph away from that guy and don't wear Steph down having to do anything like that, that's the guy he wants. But now, if they have the 15th roster spot, yeah, if they, play, if they have the roster spot, we'll see. But. That's the guy that, that Steve would want. They're giving Avery Bradley a chance to win the roster spot by playing him a ton. And he has not won it yet, I must say. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. They're crediting him to, for being his great defensive player. He's, he's he not has not been it yet. Be. He's not the same. Uh, you know, just that versus, you know, Langston Galloway or, you know, you know, you know. From people you talk to, it's, and I said it on the last podcast, it's Avery Bradley against Joe Lacob's pocketbooks. I mean, Avery Bradley <laughs> needs to, needs to prove he's worth the tax money. That's really, I believe, or, you know, the only other argument is, and I have heard a couple people say they hope Gary Payton the second gets back in time to like show a little bit, but it, it, the clock is really ticking on Gary Payton. And, you know, he's still kind of returning from this hernia, but it's not going to be Langston Galway. It's not going to be Jordan Bell. It's really Avery Bradley against money right now and Avery Bradley needs to prove worth the money and that's why they're get they you mentioned I mean they're giving him a ton of playing time important playing time playing time I kind of think might should be going to some rookies right now who, who who could probably use some developmental time but they're really looking at Bradley no question and they want someone who can guard Damian Lillard I mean it's as simple as that or you know you you name Reggie Jackson in game two when they're playing the Clippers or you know that guy they Wiggins can guard the forwards they want somebody who can go guard those point guards, and they just it can't be Steph or Jordan, you know, and Poole. It's just that that's not what they're going to do is be close to that. Then they're just going to have to outscore teams, and then you get really into some trouble. Who's that guy? And I can just see, okay, is that worth $9 million to Joe Lacob? It's worth $9 million if Bradley's up to speed to everyone else. Is it worth $9 million to Joe Lacob? I don't know. Uh, they keep saying, you know, the first thing when you ask, you know, Bob Myers about it. So, you know, we could keep the space open. And, and if that's the first thing he says, you got to believe that's the way they're leaning. But it seems clear to me they want Avery Bradley to, to, to win this. They want to sh- see him next to Steph. 
they want to see what that feels like. And he's a guy who, like, if it's you know halfway close, I think Steph and Draymond are going to want to see it. I'll put it that way. And, and then we'll see what they do. I mean, even as a statement, I think just optic wise, I think Steph would like to see it. And, you know, if Avery Bradley's on a on a non-guarantee, you know, you're not committing to him for the full season. This isn't like an auto porter Bielitsa type contract. It's a day by day contract, essentially, until I believe January 10th or right around then is when every contract that was non-guaranteed guarantees for the season. So I, I just think, you know, again, it would be then, you know, if they don't do it, they keep that spot open and they could have had Avery Bradley. And then they get torched by a couple guards, you know, early on. Uh, that'll be, you know, that'll be very interesting. Just De'Aaron Fox, you know, like I'm just looking at their early season schedule. Like there's some guys that they're going to want to put a defensive-minded guard on for, you know, six minutes at a time. And it's pretty clear, you know, John Moran, you know, October 28th. Like we can just name these guards that you don't necessarily want to see Steph or Jordan Poole going up against all the time. And who knows that if if and when Clay is back, that Clay is able, able to do it. You kind of you just want your options there. Uh, I don't know if you want Clay doing it. To yeah, start. exactly. Now, now the problem is you, you can't keep playing all these guys and not have any of them play. You know, you, you, you just can't play four guards but like what have we always said about portland like mccollum and lillard are great but they got to defend people you don't want to get into that world where you're like okay that's great we'll just you know we'll just pound them on on the other side you, you just don't want to get there and avery bradley is i'm not saying he is the answer gary payton really might be only, a better version of it yeah, at he this might point. be he but really we, yeah we're not but... yeah we're not we're not seeing it you know who knows and um you know i'm just saying that that's the spot for this position that is the roster spot for it, and you can. It's clear they want someone. You know, the basketball people would like someone to do it, and Bradley's the one we're seeing doing. Peyton would be the other one, and if they don't do it, I think there, you know, there's going to be more than a few eye rolls, more than a few in that locker room. Yeah, I mean, the only thing with Bradley is like he's got to do. They like play Portland. Give, and Peyton, like, give him another week. GP two comes in, shows out. Bad timing for Gary Payton though. But I mean, like even when he comes back, he's like easing himself back. You know, he he dealt with a hernia. He's like not even practicing yet. Like, and you know, it is October seventh, and this decision needs to be made by like basically October fifteenth, sixteenth. It's tough for me to see. Like maybe they'll go back to Payton later in the season, but I. Or maybe maybe they just believe in so, all of his work and what he's gonna be that, that that maybe he can still find himself in the mix. But it's just it's just bad timing for him. It really is. Yeah, no question. No question. Now, can he? I mean, you probably asked us a million times. Can Peyton be on two way? No, uh, the only guy eligible for a two way is Michael Mulder, and who who's who could like it seems like a pretty decent option for them on the two way. He'd have to Mulder would have to clear waivers after getting released. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I just you can just see with the way they're playing them, though, that they want it to be Avery Bradley, at least in, in the basketball side. Like that's the guy they're putting in there. Look, look, let's look at him. Let's look at him. And as you said, not any of the rookies. Although I guess Moody hit a couple threes when I wasn't watching yeah, last three, night. Three, <laughs> three steals and two two made threes okay. in the fourth. He actually looked pretty good, but, you know. But he's playing against two like smooth looking threes like yeah no yeah. the shot looks really smooth but you know it was a summer league environment it's like against bones highland and Naj, uh you know and like a bunch of like nuggets basically rookies no, why and- you gotta hate on moody's moment man come on that was a big that's a big i don't want to hate on moody's moment i want to ask you guys the question i wrote about it a little bit last night kuminga who would have played most of the fourth but tweaked his knee we'll get more of an update on him but i get 
what they're doing. I get the idea of like they're showing that they're they're veteran heavy. They're they're wanting to you know coalesce into a team early on uh, before the season starts, so they can hit the ground running when the season starts with this rotation. They need to win games early, so I understand you know the told they are chasing wins of the season, what they're doing. But at the same time, it's like you have two lottery rookies. And they've played zero minutes in the preseason so far with Steph Curry and Jeremy Green. Apparently have not really been practicing much with them on the same teams either. Like this would, you would assume, would be kind of some constructive time to get coming out there with, you know, to feel what it's like to play with Steph and Draymond. And you're not going to lose a game in the standings because it's preseason. And I don't know. It's kind of going to waste. I understand why it's going to waste because I understand the new priorities this season and and it's that's proper, I guess. But it's like you know you're sitting there just staring at two lottery rookies on the bench. Like you know maybe maybe some of these guys should be getting some of these Bradley minutes early. I don't know. Unless they've decided, even when the season starts, they're not going to play with Steph and, and Draymond. Like they're going to be in the bench guys. I think they are going to be end of bench guys early in the season. But that's my point. It's like if you're not going to be able to play them in the first few weeks, this is the time to like at least like wouldn't you want Kaminga to just feel, you know, 10 minutes right now with 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 Curry and Draymond. So then maybe when he goes down to Santa Cruz, he just like has a better idea. I mean, but if he's not going to play that. Yeah, I, I mean, what you know, but we're talking is. like it could be three. It could be three minutes. I mean, I understand exactly what Slater's saying. I would say almost Moody more because I think Moody actually has a chance to play some minutes at some point this season. Looking at Kaminga, he just it doesn't look like it's the right moment for him. Maybe later in the season, just that the position quite isn't quite. It's just a position that's tougher to play early when you're the three four than just a defensive. Well, how he two, wants to you know? impact yeah, the game exactly. Too, it's like- he wants to like the ball in his hands and take two dribbles and do something, and that's just tougher to do. And it's way easier to commit turnovers that way. Which, as we know, in a Steve Kerr team, you don't you do that and you're out of the game. If you're a rookie, maybe you know some of the other players can make a few turnovers. I, I get what Slater's saying. It, it, it is a little weird to me. I would especially think just just get Moody out there for you know five possessions where he's playing with Steph. So if you need to plug him in, there's a couple injuries. You need someone to go guard someone and hit some threes. There he is. I mean, he's your basically your your backup Porter at this point. Right? I mean, Porter's your seventh man maybe, and Moody wouldn't play if he's playing. But if he's not playing, which we know he has a history of getting injured, then you might need a moody to get six minutes so that part i agree the other point is you know this is also in a another preseason where you can't play james wiseman with those guys so you're not developing you know again i'm not that's just happened they can't do anything about it but you're not getting any of these guys into the minutes where you know okay like they're going to have to get used to playing with stuff everybody has to get used to playing with stuff veterans draymond too draymond's unique as hell Uh, yeah and my thing is i look this is the challenge of their season this is the challenge of their uh mission right now which is the win now develop now right the problem is and i understand that, that, that they need to think more about the win now side of this because that's what steph wants that's what draymond wants that's what the franchise wants they can't go through another season uh like the last couple but it makes development hard, right? I, I I get home last night. I turn on, you know, just highlights from other preseason games. And Jalen Green's playing 30 minutes and getting, you know, all these touches. And all the other lottery picks are out there. But he's going exploring. to get 30 minutes. He's going to get touches. Like, it's literally going to happen. Marcus, Marcus, I, I understand that. My point is that it, it's just going to stunt development more. And I understand that that's the situation. You have three lottery picks on a win-now team. And they're just not going to be in the rotation. That's just going – like, it's just – like, if we're just thinking about a guy's career, it's tougher for Jonathan 
Kuminga to develop quicker just sitting there watching while the other lottery picks are playing. It's the same thing. You know, we talk about they maybe played Wiseman too much last year. He still played half the minutes Anthony Edwards did. And Anthony Edwards was much better in his last, like, 800 minutes of the season than his first 1,200. Well, James Wiseman only played, like, 900 minutes last season. It is different, though, right? Remember, I mean, Wiseman didn't even play in the preseason, and he starts the first game of the season and and they're not playing and then they get the chance to have Kaminga and, and Moody play in the preseason and they're playing back end back end minutes and you know and if Kaminga's even missing a couple of these preseason more that's done right the preseason's done and he will he will start the season in the G League I think it's you know clear. it's not even just that Kaminga needs to feel how to play with Steph and, and Draymond this wouldn't be a bad game. like go guard Aaron Gordon for five minutes see what it's see what a 25 year old huge like you know mid prime wing is like or a four man to guard uh, he hasn't felt that yet and I get it I'm not even sitting here arguing like I'm definitely not saying like put them in the rotation early because you need to develop these guys that needs to be priority number one no I'm not saying that I'm just I'm just observing that I'm watching two lottery rookies sit next to Langston Galloway on the bench the whole game and I'm like I'm not sure this is good for Kaminga compared to what some of the other rookies are going through and you know it's just the balance of 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 what they're trying to do by the way Kaminga's 19th birthday yesterday I I saw that on the graphic and they had him as 19 I went when the hell did that happen and it happened yesterday he's 19 no longer an 18 and 19 year old they have Two 19-year-olds and a 20-year-old. Those are their those are their uh, lottery picks. I do think like to coming. I I was interested by what he did in summer league. He has a unique game that is going to be a tough game to bring right in the NBA at that at the higher speed at the bigger guys because he is a two dribble massage the ball and then try to finish guy and. That is a lot tougher when it's up against Anthony Davis and, you know, LeBron and Giannis and all that. So that might take – maybe it just hasn't been that impressive in practice. I, you know, it's hard to tell. But, I, I, yeah, maybe they were planning to play him in the se- in the last two preseason games. I don't know. It is, it is a little different. You would expect it to see, okay, second quarter, in, in comes Kaminga. Let's see him for five minutes. And that just hasn't happened yet. Go get scored on by Aaron Gordon a couple of times. So then when you go to Santa Cruz in a couple of weeks for 30 minutes, you're like, you just know You what. feel better about getting torched? Yeah. <laughs> well, here's what no. I need to get better at. No, you know, I, I just think, or, I think they're on man, different I, plans. You know, I stopped on that one time, you know, but it's, yeah. it's. It, but when they got drafted by the Warriors, they just got on different plans. Like, I see what you're saying if the goal is to develop them as fast as possible. I just don't think that's the goal. I think they're looking at Jordan Poole like, man, we got three years before we let's slow play it. So getting five minutes against Aaron Gordon now don't really do anything if the goal is to slowly develop these guys. That's what they decided. Like, I mean, was Jordan Poole? I mean, I guess he was because they didn't have any other players. But like, is Jordan Poole who he is because in his rookie preseason he got to go up? I think a lot of the mistakes that Jordan Poole was allowed to make in his rookie year, forced to make, really, because they didn't have anyone else to play, helped. I think that helped. Yeah, of, of course it helped. But but my point is, so Jordan Poole essentially a year and a half, right? And then he's a member of the rotation. I don't think they're looking at Kaminga Moody as, all right, a year and a half, they're going to be in a rotation. They're like, yo, I mean, Steve even said it. We need to get these dudes two years, three years. And if you're if you're going on this slow kind of gradual development, 10 minutes in the preseason, I don't just I understand why it's not that big of a deal if that's if the plan. Maybe I've already made it too big a deal by like 
cutting out 20 minutes of our podcast to discuss this. But my point is, I'm not si- I wouldn't sit there and argue on opening night. Let's say they play the Lakers and I wouldn't be sitting here post game against Lakers. Like, why didn't Kaminga get 10 minutes on opening night? My point is, like, preseason is preseason. Like, this is the time to kind of just like toss them into the water. Yeah, the curtain opens in a couple yeah, in a week, like, and they're not going to be playing. That's at all. when they sit on so, the end yeah. of the bench. I'm just thinking, <laughs> yeah. like, now is when to just like get them a little bit of a taste. Now is to infiltrate like eight new players. I mean, can they do that? It's the balance because I like. I'm not saying what they're doing isn't constructive. Like, it is good to see Avery Bradley because they need to know if they want him on the roster. It is good to have Bielitsa and Porter. I just, I also think it would be good to get coming at ten minutes with Draymond Green and Steph Curry. That's all. Is this podcast going to be better for talking about Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody for 20 minutes uh, because we're getting braced for them for later season? Or are we worse for it? That's what we got. We I got think we're better for that question. I, I think we're I think we're already a mid season stride. This is a lively uh, podcast. Yeah, how 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 often do we talk about Smiley? <laughs> how much time do we invest in that one over the years? So this is all good. It does feel to me like Moody can play at some point just because of the unique position and skill set. I don't imagine Kaminga, unless there's a ton of injuries, is going to play at all. And I, I, you can just see them. You know, they got Wiseman, right? Wiseman's going to play those minutes if they have those development minutes for a, for a young big. And Kaminga plays like a big. There's no he plays like a big. That's maybe he will play more like a wing later. He is not a wing now. I mean, he he is a big. He is a going down to the post, calling for the ball, turning up, face up, two dribbles, try to get to the rim. That's what he is. And that isn't a kind of player who usually immediately jumps into the league and plays for a good team. It just isn't. Moody, different thing. I wish I had seen those threes. I had flipped off the DVR long before that. And I knew that Kaminga hadn't played in the fourth quarter or, or was out quickly. So that's kind of my, my attention span there. But Moody, I can see minutes. Yeah, yeah. He's got to beat out some dudes to get those minutes. Yeah, they got guys you know, there. Yeah. But but there's a lot of more minutes there, right? For for a, you know two three wing, you know, and maybe scale up to play some small fours. Just somebody, you know, they've played guys worse. They've played guys who are a lot worse than you know, not less talented than him. I'll put it that way. He's in, like less usage. Just you know, he won't go out there and turn the ball over as Tim's mentioned because he's trying to figure out who he is as as you know, wanting to be a star wing. But what Marcus, what you're basically alluding to is the fact that like, you got to beat out Damian Lee and JTA who themselves are, I think it's starting to look like might have a tough time getting rotation minutes. Like JTA is sitting there looking like, man, Otto Porter's just going to stroke every three right now. Like, am I going to get on the floor? (laughs) (laughs) And and JTA isn't exactly stroking every three. (laughs) No, not at this point. That's what they build up though, right? They built up depth at those spots where they had to throw JT in, and he played very well. We all know that. They didn't want to get to the spot where they're just having to play people. They want options, and they want veteran options, and they want guys who can shoot threes, clearly. I mean, I don't. how much is Andre going to play right off the bat? Maybe not that much. Uh, how much does Andre want to play? Right, right, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. You know, he's there to play Breaking five, case games of emergency. At a, five games at a time, and then he's not playing, and then he plays 10 games at a time. Then all of a sudden, you desperately need someone to, to who settle things down in a playoff game, and then Andre comes in, and you know he can. But I, I don't see, like, if you look at the minutes distribution, he's there's not a huge role for him. Maybe if there's injuries, there's not a huge role possibly for JTA. There's not a huge role possibly for yeah, Damian Lee. But, you know, we've all seen other things develop. 
but that was the, the purpose of this offseason was to make sure that they had layers there where they're not just throwing guys in there who they don't want to play who are just Michael Mulder played a lot of minutes last season that he shouldn't have played and if he's on this team he's going to not play those minutes he will play cameo minutes and that's where they want to be uh, and, and specifically at the two three four spots and you know we'll see and that's where that's why and they're all ahead of Kaminga, right? They're all all ahead of Moody at this point, so that's okay. It's just then those guys are the future, and when are you going to get them out there? When they beat out the spot? Yeah, you're right. No, spot, I, no, I understand. Yeah. It was rhetorical. It was rhetorical. But uh, but Wiseman's in there too now. Like you know, it's going to be a jolt when Wiseman's like all of a sudden things are going to be different when Wiseman's out there. There's no question. I mean, they can talk about you know playing the second unit. What if he's terrible in the second unit? And I'm not saying he's a terrible player it's he was not good Santa Cruz will be of use this year for those three and like you know that's part of what I'm talking about now is like now is the time to like hey hey, Slater can you imagine those three of Santa Cruz though Santa Cruz (laughs) better be on fire (laughs) (laughs) they better not lose three lottery a sellout crowd and you know what is it called Kaiser Kaiser Permanente Permanente Arena Santa Cruz on the shores of Santa Cruz where the the Santa Cruz Warriors try to move to 20 and 0 on the young season (laughs) We we might have to get down to Santa Cruz. The gr- <laughs> it's just the greatest. They better team be. Ever. I'll tell you that. <laughs> we'll be doing their playoff matchups. We'll be analyzing how they they'll get Michael Mulder and Chris Chioza down there. They got <laughs> three lottery picks. Man, yeah, they better have the Seth the Cooper coach team. of the year. A lot of pressure on Seth Cooper. You you better you better maximize his talent now, Seth Cooper. You better watch out. Uh, that you know that's where they're. I mean, this is we've talked about this 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 two you know, level thing, two timelines, and it's going to be hard to merge. It, it really, I mean, especially now when you've got all these other veterans who they're going to play, I mean, Otto Porter is going to play. These guys are going to play. Bielitsa is going to play. Andre is going to play some. And that is just going to keep these guys, I mean, I, I mean probably kept them even from, from major practice time with, with the ones. So we'll see. I mean, maybe we'll start hearing like, oh, now these twos, these young twos are there beating the ones. And I mean, they're not even twos, though, right? They're threes at this point. But, you know, maybe we'll start hearing about that. Maybe Chris DeMarco waves his magic wand and, and we hear more about this. But this is a sign. I think this is what we're trying to communicate. This is a sign, folks, that they ain't playing early. They are not. We're chasing playing. wins, I believe, is the quote. <laughs> yeah, we are chasing wins, Steve Kerr says. So uh, go with that. It's what you wanted last season, Warrior fans. And now you got it. Steph Curry and the gang, and that's what it is. And then they're going to try to work Weissman in. We'll see how the Weissman thing works, whenever that is. When is that going to be? Yeah, when I was just about to ask the same thing. Like, when is, uh, when is so October about? 15th is, I believe, one week from tomorrow. Uh, and that is the six-month date of the meniscus surgery when they apparently are allowed to clear him to jump fully. You know, he's out there. He's doing a lot of skill stuff with, with Dehan. It looks like he's like kind of itching to be allowed to do more, but apparently they're being really cautious with it. So I think we'll all know a lot more on the 15th. If they go, look, he can go now on the 15th, then I think it could be a speedier process early in the season of getting him into practice, maybe getting him down to Santa Cruz for some practices, perhaps for some early season games. But, you know, I don't I don't expect him at all to play in the first few weeks of the season, but we'll know a lot more like when the six month mark hits it, how you know, unrestrictive they're willing to go with him. 
That, I mean, because you just talk about roster mechanics. I mean, we've said they're deeper or whatever, but they're not playing Kaminga and theory not playing Moody and not playing Wiseman. And then you have Clay. That's four roster spots that they're not using. Uh, that's, you know, you know, I mean, you have your two way guys and all that, but it is. What's different, though, this year is that, you know, so we're so, so they essentially they were saying, well, they have 11. Well, 11 man rotation is fine. The problem was last year when they had some injuries, it was like, Smiley Geach could not step on the floor even when he was healthy. Where this year, look, if they have some injuries, like I think Moses Moody could step in. You know, like he's not stepping in because he's got a lot of guys ahead of him, as we've talked about, but he could at least. And, you know, Kaminga could too. I mean, it would be, there'd be some rough moments, but be not as rough as Smiley Geach has been its last year. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Boiling on, pouring it on, of course. But this is also the point of why, like, Avery Bradley probably needs, or somebody should be, fill that 15th roster spot. Yeah, I mean, at some point you're gonna lose three guys. Like it happens every season, you're you know, and you're gonna need guys who can play minutes. And Avery Bradley is a guy, who, and and might help you win a game down if he's if he's you know close to finish Avery Bradley and he can go defend somebody and hit one three a game or whatever he can do because he's gonna be left open. That guy's gonna be left open. There's no question about that. On this team, he's going to if he's playing, he's gonna be left wide open. I think that's going to be very. If, if they're going without playing four guys and they go fourteen, that's oof, that would be uh, it's a ten man rotation and, and, right there. That's yeah, playoff ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is I mean, ten pretty good players. I'm not saying it wouldn't be. I mean, they're they're way better at that. But oof. I mean, again, we've I've said this. I mean, what happens if Looney gets hurt? You know, your Bielitz is your starting center, and then... Well, you play JTA. I mean, that's when JTA, JTA matters. I know. I just... But that's... Then you're asking for that guy to get hurt, and you're asking for something. You know, like it just... It really starts getting... Going fast at that I point. I wouldn't be shocked if their second two-way goes to a, a young big. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I think they're... I think they're fine with the lack of center, like traditional centers they have. I know they are. I know they are. I'm the one who's worrying about it. But I just, Tim wants to go back to the days of like Damian Jones is like <laughs> oh, the yeah, sixth. Tim wants centers of attention back. He wants Varys out back. More centers. More centers. Zaza out of the front office. Zaza, David, David West. Yeah, just get them all. One, two. Oh, James Michael McAdoo. There you go. The speed center. Yeah. Get them all. I once asked Kerr about in the leadoff of postseason press conference. He was like, I didn't think I was going to get asked about James Michael McAdoo to start a press conference here. So, all the good old days, the good old days. Centers of attention. <laughs> well, Friday they've got the Lakers. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm gonna be there. TK, you gonna be there? For Lakers? I don't think so. There might be some. Well, I'm gonna be in that area. In LA, be San Francisco, be near. We'll be near. Yeah, be near. You guys hey, are hey, going to Steve the, Kerr the might be with us. Steve <laughs> Kerr might, mentally might be there, and I think he might be at the at there the same uh, ballpark a day later. But um, yeah, it's let Kenny pretty, Atkinson pretty and Mike Kenny Brown Atkinson. You got this, yeah. one, man. Kenny, you, you got this. One? You probably weren't there. Myers was uh, on the broadcast for the second quarter, and they asked him about this great Kenny Atkinson, and we all understand he's very, very well thought of, and he's going to be an important part of the staff and a different voice. But he went pretty intense. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think we've, uh, I think we've gotten that advanced report about him. He's pretty intense, and he's like, yeah, look, if you don't, you know, that, if you're going to think of anything of him. Think about him as a you know, development guy and intense. And that's different for them, right? They really haven't had that as a top guy. Like Luke, not that guy. 
You know, Alvin Gentry, clearly not that Mike's guy. not that guy. Mike's not that guy. You know, Ron Adams is not been the lead, but he's been paid like Jared him. Collins he's intense, not but that quite guy. Yeah, Jerry, yeah, yeah. They haven't had that up in people's faces guy. And Steve I don't know Kerr, that Atkinson's not that guy, which not, is the usually not that guy. Yeah, yeah, usually not that guy. Sometimes he's Yeah, but it's like, like Yeah, he's been but he's yeah, but he's been that guy and he rarely is out of all of them. You know what Steve Kerr's not doing pregame that Kenny Atkinson was yesterday? He's out there obviously like Kenny Atkinson's warming up like Otto Porter and some guys, but then when whoever he's warming up leaves, he then starts uh doing a workout himself. And he was <laughs> yes. he was stretching. He was like on the baseline doing like it almost looked like yoga poses and then Marcus, I mean he just doesn't stop i mean we've seen it he just doesn't stop i've moving. never seen a coach doing defensive drills by himself <laughs> <laughs> like as his own personal thing and, you know he was just out there sliding. by the way so you guys are on the floor then huh pregame you're yeah, on the floor yep yep that's nice that is nice that is that is very good portland was really nice let me tell you it was uh, uh it's a little bit i mean nobody wants to hear well maybe people do no, but i don't want to yeah. get too deep into the media side of it but we don't have locker room access uh so at home because of the way it's constructed there's a lot less access to the players post game they can kind of slip out the back on the road it's uh well, it depends on the arena, I guess. The doors are right next to each other in Portland. The media room and the opponent locker room, they're right next to each other. Yeah. No, Portland was, Portland was good. I'll just say that. <laughs> got to get on the road, MT. You and I got to get on the road. Gotta yeah, get I got, I got some games mapped out. I got some games mapped out. I'm, I'm, I'm on the road this year. It's, it's time. We've been cooped up for too long. Yeah, and October might be blocked out for you, though, MT. I'll put it that way, so. Well, we'll see. I mean, you you sure there ain't gonna be a Dodger sweep, a little broom? Oh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I don't action. know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, like you always have to do. You have to say if in case I can't plot out anything past this date. But we'll until see. Max we'll Muncy plants a few in uh, McCovey. <laughs> well, he's hurt this week. He's hurt. Oh, is he's he hurt. not playing? No, he's out. Oh, he's out. Yeah. He's out. He's out. Come on now, Slater. Come on, what I got a podcast. Is right. What kind until, of giant podcast is until uh, Trey Turner puts one on the yeah. glove? Maybe uh, yeah, out left. They got a bunch of candidates on, over on that other team. I'm writing a column about this. This is how good this team is. Like they, they're doing. They, you know, they're here without Kershaw, Bauer. They're without Muncie, and they're still like got overwhelming talent. Overwhelming talent. They just, they just take those three guys out. And they still have overwhelming talent. They have a former. They have a former MVP who's been an embarrassment all season, and he's scored the winning run in Bellinger. Like they just. Well, this is not a. This is not a Giants Dodgers podcast. But my well, God, the Scherzer trade Turner trade is just like absurd. But anyway, yeah, like you said, it's not a. We uh, need to wrap this up because we got to record the Santa Cruz Warriors press minus. <laughs> <laughs> podcast people would listen to that people would listen to shout that. out shout out to brian producer santa cruz yeah. warriors plus minus let's go santa cruz there should be a santa cruz warriors versus golden state warriors game right in, in, in that's during, called uh, practice in the that's called practice right now <laughs> yeah. chase which i need to go do so yes we do need to wrap this up we're out of here we will holler at y'all next week until then uh we got things to do <laughs>